Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. Y'all ready for some more? It's like a buffet of goodness this morning. You can't figure out what's better, right? Lord is always good. He always knows what we need. Oh, man, special moments like that. You know, I remember growing up, our, our, one of some of the best fishing trips I had with my dad, I always would talk about those or remember those things, right? And I remember that time we caught so much fish. Well, there'd be moments in our life where we say, I remember that one Sunday where God just showed up and everything changed, where I came in broken and I left mended. I came in sick. And I left well. That we see God moving in a mighty way. Man, I really believe God meets us sometimes based on our expectations and our hunger and our desire. You know, I always encourage you guys to invite other people. And we've been doing a great job. We've had visitors really every week. And it's not so much that I'm desiring to grow this church to max capacity. But my heart is to expose many people as possible to the mighty power of God. Because I know what we have here and what God is doing, not what we have, right, but what God is doing among us has the potential to forever change lives. So when somebody's going through something, they don't know how to deal with it, they don't know what what, what to do, this needs to be your response. Let's go to church. Well, I don't know. I'm not a religious person. It's okay. I didn't used to be either, right? But then Jesus has the potential to change everything. Um, one thing that y- you, you might have noticed when you walked in, we're changing things and all this. So there are little business card invite cards. Uh, I love those things because it's easy for me when I'm talking to somebody. It's like, well, where's your church at? You ever had that problem? Well, <laughs> it's out of town. And luckily, the airport's right here. Hey, you know where Lake Jackson is? It's on the road to Lake Jackson. We're right down the right. Oh, I've seen that church. I thought it was a skating rink. Right, whatever the answer is when you're trying to explain where Harvest Time Church is. I drive by there every day. I didn't even know it was a church. Do you realize that less people know about our church than we think? We think, oh, everybody knows where Harvest Time Church is when the real reality is very few people know where our church is. But I believe that if we do our part and we gather in people, it's God that does the work and begins to radically change lives. So help me with this mission, bringing in. It says that the fields are ripe with harvest, but the laborers are few. Somebody help me be a laborer this morning. You might not even, just take one of them cards and be like, here, I don't even know what to tell you. He's here, come to my church and walk off. I don't know what you need to do. God will do the rest. I know some people are like, I'm just not a people person. And then some others make the excuse, well, it's not my responsibility to invite people. Well, most of you would not be here this morning if you were not invited. So I'm glad somebody did some inviting. Amen. It's a free nugget for you. That doesn't have anything to do with my message. This morning, we're going to talk about the importance of prayer and fasting. We're we're starting a fasting week tomorrow. So for for some of you that don't know, I'm going to recap kind of some of our goals for 2020. How many of you know 2020 was not the year projected? If it happened just like you thought it would, man, I need to talk to you. Maybe you're a prophet. And you know exactly what it was going to turn out. But I mean, I'm, I'm continually surprised as we navigate through this year 
And I know a lot of people are saying, I'm just trying to get through 2020. Hopefully 2021 will be better. But it doesn't matter how bad it gets, how hard it gets. God promises to be faithful in every season of our life. And I believe that those who pray will prevail in seasons of hardship. Amen. Hear that? Those people that pray will prevail in a season of hardship, even amongst the chaos, even amongst the craziness. You know, that's been my blanket statement in this last season. It's just a crazy time, all the crazy. Were well, you talking about this? Yeah, I'm talking about that. I'm talking about I mean, everything, like all of it. You know, it's just been really, really a challenging year. So when we look at the importance of, of, of prayer combined with fasting, did you know that D Jesus fasted 40 days prior to him stepping into his ministry? It says he went out into the, into the desert and he was tempted and he fasted for 40 days. You know, that's in Luke 4. So if he fasted, you think we should fast and pray? If Jesus needed it, you know, we, we have to realize that everything that Jesus did, he was painting the example of what he expected us to do. You know, I would kind of say, well, Jesus don't need to fast. He probably didn't, but he was showing us a model of what our life should look like. And when he did it, he said, this is how it should look. This is what you should do. So our goals for 2020 was to commit to four weeks of fasting. We declared these as holy weeks, weeks that were going to be set apart where we would pray as a church um, to seek the Lord, cultivating a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. Fasting is not easy. It's not fun. I've never went into a fasting week saying, I'm so excited I get to fast this week in my flesh. But in my spirit, I know that every time I fast, God is up to something great. There's great potential. I can trust him to do, to change my heart, to maybe change. I really see it as polishing those rough edges. God's got any rough edges you need God to work on? Right? You know, in these fasting weeks, I believe we can believe God to do great things in our life. So it was to commit to four weeks every quarter we would fast. Now, I feel like we just fasted, but we're fasting again. So uh, the other thing is we, we're going to start on Monday. We're going to break our fast Sunday after church, okay? Now, this next Sunday, we're having our Thanksgiving anniversary meal. So be careful not to go from fasting to gluttony. All right, you know, I know we're going to have to be people of self-control and restraint, and I'm a sweets guy. I love sweets. I've had some people say, hey, can I bring desserts? I said, absolutely. Right, but we're going to go from that fasting, and we'll break our fast with that uh, anniversary meal um, celebration, and uh, we'll just work through that. So Monday through Sunday, uh, daily corporate prayer starting at 7 every single evening here at the church. Now, I know some of you maybe haven't participated in that, haven't, the schedules haven't aligned. Man, make it a priority to be here if you're available. Okay, so that's, that's kind of a good opportunity. If you really hadn't prayed or your day was chaotic to come, and it's not long. You know, we usually, we're usually here for about an hour. Um, we just pray when we feel like the Lord's done. We go home. You know, we don't sit here and pray and pray and pray and pray. We believe that we can be spirit-led in our praying, and we're very specific. We're very intentional, and then when we're done, we go home. Okay? So every day during the week, that's going to be Monday through Saturday. You said, Pastor, no, we every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday? Absolutely. We're declaring this week a holy week, a holy fast week of where we are going to commit as a church to fast, okay? All right, so I also encourage you at the beginning of the year to fast food, not eat fast food, but to fast food, okay, of some kind. Every time in Scripture we see that... It was a food sacrifice. Now, some of you maybe in the past have done Facebook, have done all of these things, but 
you've never fasted food or you've never restrained yourself from eating some, something, right? So I would challenge you and ask the Lord for guidance. If you haven't done it, that was my challenge for you at least one time through the course of this year. So this is your last chance. And I'll tell you in just a little bit, you should be fasting Facebook regardless during a fasting week. Social media, turn it off. You don't need the news for a week. I promise it's going to be okay. Some of you watched a la- enough news this last week to last the rest of the year. Has there been, been any changes? What's going on? Who's winning? Who's losing? My kids kept asking me, Dad, who's winning? I was like, just keep praying. <laughs> so I need to tell them. I, I didn't want to stir that up. They're too young. I don't want them being all overwhelmed by the cares of this world. As the world, as the word says. So when we look at Matthew 6, it gives us guidance on giving, on praying, and on fasting. So if we look through this, tra- this chapter, it actually says when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. So let's look at this passage about fasting real quick. Matthew 6, 16 through 18 in the NIV. Okay? It says in, in verse 16 of chapter 6 of Matthew, it says, when you fast, do not look somber, which means the poor me attitude. You ever, you ever seen that? Oh, well, sorry, don't mind me. I'm just fasting this week. Pastor Noe made me do it. Just so depressed. I'm so irritable. Leave me alone. Hunger pains, whatever, whatever it is, right? You know, just poor me. Oh, it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be all right. I'm really hungry, but I'm going to be okay. Don't have a poor me attitude, right? So what does it go on to say? It says, as the what do? The hypocrites. Oh, so, so they're wanting to make a spectacle of this fasting thing. Oh, look at me. We're fasting. Oh, we're fasting. You're not. We're more spiritual than you. You're not. Like, we don't want that. That's not our heart. That's not our motive. Um, you know, but, but we want to do it in the right kind of way. It says, for they disfigure their faces and they show others their fasting. It says, truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Verse 17. But when you fast... Put oil on your head and wash your face. So that means comb your hair, wash your face, get done up. Like, don't, don't look all like poor me. Like, why are you dressed like that? Why do you look like you're having a horrible week? Well, I'm just fat. You know, go, like, go act like it's a normal week. Just consecrate yourself to fast. Okay? Verse 18, so that you will not, it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only your Father who is heaven when it, who is unseen sees what is done in secret will reward you. So that's what that promise says. But it says when you fast. So the word when implies that you will do it and it's more than just a suggestion. It doesn't say if you want to, if it's convenient. Right? It it says when you fast. So that that word right there is, would you assume that it's saying you're going to do it? It should be practice. It should be something when you do it, do it in this fashion, do it in this way. Okay, so many of us practice faithful giving, faithful prayer, but do we practice faithful fasting? So how many of you in in this room this morning see the benefit of faithful giving? Somebody said, I don't know, I don't want to talk about finances. I am going to preach a series on that this year. So be ready. That service may not be the one to invite somebody to, to... I'm going to be talking to the church. I'm going to be challenging you personally as the body of Christ to live in the obedience of what God has called you to. Is there blessings that come with financial giving? Are you missing out if you don't? Okay, well, I guess I can preach that message. I got a lot of amens. 
All right. How many of you believe that faithful, you know, a faithful prayer life is a big deal? And we do it, right? So we give, we pray. Well, how about faithful fasting? Uh oh, hold on, Pastor Noe. I'm okay giving. I'm okay pr- praying or, you know, praying, but am I okay fasting? We put more weight on the first two, and we don't really want to talk about fasting. Why? It's the most difficult. Would I rather write a check than fast? If I'm having a bad flesh day, absolutely. How much is it going to cost me, Pastor Noe, just to cut, it, to cut the check and not fast? I bet I'd get some takers, man, you know, or if you're like, there's no way. If you've never fasted food and you don't trust me in this, call me halfway through the week and let me know how it's going. Hey, can I prorate this check? I only made it halfway. Right? It's a challenge to fast. It's not an easy thing. It's causing our flesh to be forced into obedience and submission to the Lord. You know, everything we do is for the convenience of the flesh. Me and my wife were talking about, you know, going somewhere possibly, and she says, so not having AC or whatever, is that an issue? I said, absolutely. I don't want to go if there's no AC. Hey, that's the benefit of the flesh, right? You know, I said, I just don't want, I mean... Call it the place that I am in my life of where I don't want to rough it or whatever. I was like, no, I don't want to do it. I mean, and I answered it quick. I didn't think about it. I said, I didn't even ask how much will we save if we stay somewhere without AC. It's not an option. All of these things to satisfy the flesh. I won't die without AC. Might be cranky and sticky and I won't like it, but I won't die from it. That's something that fasting does. It causes the flesh to be greatly uncomfortable. But it allows the spirit man, the spirit inside of us to be strengthened. Okay? Um, So, you know, fasting, the definition is abstaining from all or some kind of food or drink, especially as a religious observance. So um, fasting was practiced by many people throughout Scripture. This isn't something that, oh, well, is it biblical, Pastor? No, it's just something that people did it all the time for different reasons. So this morning, I want to challenge you, you know, to come first and foremost as many evenings as you can this week. If you haven't committed to to coming, you're like, well, I'm just so busy. Can you spare one week and seek the Lord with me? It's a critical moment in what God is doing in the earth. Now, I don't don't know if, you know, you say, well, I'm going to have to pray about it, Pastor. Come on. I I don't want to have to pull that submission to authority rule and say, be here. But please make it a priority. If you're available, if you can be here, pray with us. Okay? Okay. Seven o'clock here at the church every evening, okay? Wednesdays, we're going to do something a little bit different, but it's, it's, we're going to have worship and prayer. So our life groups, our young adults, our youth ministries, everybody will join together for our prayer and worship night. You guys cool with that? Youth, I'm sorry, but we want you to join us. Young adults, we want you to join us. We, we really want to make it a priority. I think in the past, I don't think we canceled life groups. We didn't cancel youth, but I believe this is the last quarter that we get a chance to fast this week. And I I don't know, God is really stirring in my heart. Can we make it more intense? Not in a bad way, but can we press in just a little bit harder? Can we sacrifice just a little bit more? Can we, can we turn off the TV just a few more days this week than maybe we did last fast to really focus on what the Lord is doing and what he's saying? That we might maybe even shift the heart of God for the sake of our nation. Because it's prayer with fasting that changes things and causes things to happen. Philippians 4, 6 in the NIV, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, 
but in everything by prayer and petitions with thanksgiving present your request to God. Now, I know this week there was a lot of opportunity for anxiety. Freaking out, stressed, not knowing what's going to happen. And, you know, what does it say? Don't be anxious about those things. But it says, through everything, respond in prayer and petitions with thanksgiving. That, 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 that right there is kind of a catchphrase because it says, to be thankful. Well, I don't like the results. I don't like the outcome. Be thankful. Pray to the Lord. Bring those petitions to him. Present your request to God. That, that, that defines prayer to me, right? Laying my request before Father God. That's, I mean, only time I do that is when I'm doing what? Praying. Otherwise, it's kind of my own kingdom doing what I want. But that when I'm laying my request before the Lord, that is that time of prayer. That's that moment of prayer of seeking the Lord. Ephesians 6, 12 in the NIV, it says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You understand this is way bigger than uh, Democratic slash Republican parties. You realize that? There's so much more at stake here. There's something in the spirit that's happening. There's something that is shifting, and, and we have to be people who are praying. We can't string back and say, well, now may the Lord, Lord's will just be done and be complacent and passive and not respond in a way that God desires us to respond. If anything, in this moment, the church has to rise. You've got to be bold. You've got to be confident. Don't shrink back. We've been doing that for decades, and now's not the time to shrink back. You have to be bolder, you have to be more confident, you have to allow your trust to be in the Lord more than you ever have. And I'm standing with you. Pastor Noah's not going to be on the back, I'm a, I'm a frontline kind of guy. Now I hope when I look left and I look right, I got people with me. You, you've, heard, you've heard of those people who says, I'm a leader, I was born a leader. And you look behind you and nobody's following. Are you really a leader? Are you really that influential? but I will never ask anything of you that I don't do myself. I'll be right there with you. Some of these guys give me a hard time. Pastor, you don't need to be doing that. But there's a principle that I'm right there with you. Now, there's times I lead, there's times I step back and I evaluate, but, but I'm right here among us, with us. Right? But we have to understand this spiritual battle can only be battled spiritually. There's nothing we can do physically. <laughs> I, got to, I got my firearms ready. It's not against flesh and blood, but about spiritual things. The only way I can battle that way is to pray. Let's allow the power of God to be released in the earth. No matter what kind of arsenal I got. No, I'm not saying don't be armed. That's the other side of that, right? Protect yourself, protect your family, but really it's the Lord that preserves us and keeps us safe that goes before us and goes behind us, okay? So this morning, I'm going to give us a few facts that can help you understand fasting a little bit better this morning. So fasting fact number one, fasting is for you, not God, okay? So you're not shifting who God is. You're not changing God, but fasting is for you. It's to change your heart. It's to change your motives. It's to, it's, it's to check you, okay? So we have to understand in, in Psalm 69:10 in the King James, it says, when I wept, and chastened my soul with fasting. That flesh, that part of me, man, it chastised it. it. It brought it into correction. It caused it to change with fasting. So that was my reproach. So when we fast, it deals with the flesh. 
Flesh is the biggest problem. Right, we have to understand, you know, that you know that our flesh is dying away. It desires the cravings of this world, and it likes to be comfortable. We have to understand the spirit within us is just like Christ. It says that nature was completely replaced when it says the old man has passed away and the new has come. It wasn't the flesh, right? It was that spirit side of me. That spirit is regenerated. That that loves the things God loves. That hates the things God hates. Then there's that soul part of me that is being changed, that is being transformed, our mind, our will, and emotions, and that helps with fasting. You know, when you talk about fasting, they say two or three days, three or four days into fasting, all of a sudden, clarity of mind begins to change. First few days, it's just, I'm trying to survive. Can't think straight. Got headaches. I'm mad at the world. Trying to be real spiritual, and I'm looking, all my flesh is, you know, it's like that orange. They say, when you, if you squeeze an orange, what's going to happen? Whatever is on the inside is going to come out. Have y'all ever had a squeezed orange moment in your life? Did it come out pretty or it came out ugly? Really, if we get down to it, there's more ugly in us than we know, right? But we're real religious people. We got it all together, right? The ugly never comes out. It comes out too often. We're going to put some hands on you literally, pray for you, all right? So we have to understand God, God never changes, but we are constantly in need of change. Fasting causes us to be more sensitive to the things of God, okay? Fasting and prayer always secures the plans of the Lord. So we have to understand that it prepares the way for us to prosper. So it's positioning our, ourselves in a way where we can carry out the perfect will of God. We can follow God unhindered. You know, it's, it's, like, it's like running and I don't know, I mean, I never, I have a hard enough time running. I don't know why people put the weights on their ankles. It's like, I just want to, I don't know if it's a calorie thing. I don't know what it is. It makes no sense to me. Uh, I've never needed extra weight in my aerobic activities. <laughs> right? But, but, but that, that's what it's like. And I think when we, when we seek the Lord spiritually, and now, you know what the cool thing is? Because I have tried, I was like, this is dumb. But when you take those weights off, oh, man. You're 40 pounds lighter, man. You feel like you can run like the wind, right? But that's what it does. It causes those weights, those anchors, those things to be removed so that you could run the race of Christ with endurance and not grow weary. But it changes you. It never changes God. Fasting fact number two, fasting causes your flesh to die and your spirit to grow. That's why we don't like it. We're flesh driven, Okay. So the moment you stop eating, do you realize that your flesh says, I am going to die? 100%. You got to eat. You're going to die. It's going to take me a long time to die, guys. I'm not going to die in a day. I probably am not going to die in a week. Think about it. But the moment we stop eating or feeding our flesh, our flesh says, I'm going to die. Do something about it. Hey, I'm hungry. You hear that growling? You need to eat something. You're going to die. That's what happens when we choose to fast. It's super funny. If you've never fasted food, you're going to get a reality check if you commit to it this time. It's totally different. You realize Facebook, I can live without Facebook. I can live without social media. Now, some of you are addicted to it, so you feel like you can't. Oh, I can't go all day. I, I watch TV at night. That's how I calm down. That's how I go to sleep. Maybe let's try praying and seeking the Lord this week and see what it changes in your life. Some of us have these strongholds and these addictions in our life, and we don't realize it. Weakness of the flesh, 
right? And I think our mindset is just like that with food. If I refrain from that, I'm going to die. Can't make it. I can't do it. All right? So it, it reminds your flesh that you are in control, not the other way around. That fasting causes to break that normal cycle of, of being dependent on the flesh and saying, I'm going to be dependent on the Spirit. Okay? Matthew 26, 41, it says, Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Matthew 26, 41. You, you, can you agree with that? Flesh is always weak. I don't want to do that. I don't, you know, like postponing, delaying, not wanting to do things that you need to do. I hate those to-do lists of stuff that I don't want to do. The other day, I knew I needed to clean out my shed. I was like, man, it is horrible. I can barely walk in there. And then I get in there and try to get something. I'm so mad because I'm tripping all over everything. So I got to the door. Flesh moment. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reveal myself real quick. I looked at that door and I said, there's my shed and there's my bed. I'm kind of tired. I said, you know what? I'll do this shit later. I went and took a nap. So we do that so often, and now it's a funny little simple thing. Like, oh, I mean, I would have done that too. But we do that all the time. We don't take care of responsibilities, those things that we need to do, and we postpone them. And we just maybe are lazy or not driven, or you know. So just kind of allow, check your heart this week. Say, Lord, am I driven like I used to be? Am I as passionate about the things that you've called me to to, to be passionate about as I used to be? And if those things have changed. Ask God, say, why? If I'm not more on fire for God right now than I ever have been in my life, what needs to change to reignite that flame within me? And I believe Father God will reveal it to you. Okay? All right, fasting fact. Fasting should be practiced often. Now, I didn't say we like it every time, but it should be practiced often, right? So, so when, we should have a lifestyle of fasting. That has been a goal of mine for the life of this church. Can we be a church that practices a lifestyle of fasting? That's a hard ask. You know, I went to a really, really big church and, uh, I mean, thousands of people, right? So we stayed for their midweek prayer service because I was like, oh, maybe they got it figured out. And they're going to have huge attendance on prayer night. And if they got it all together, man, they're just doing something right. Man, I showed up. Maybe 10% of the church showed up. And I said, you know what? That's a pretty, pretty realistic average. It doesn't matter the size of your church. People just aren't bent to pray and bent to fast. It's just, it, why? It's hard work. Man, worship's fun. How many of you enjoyed worshiping this morning? I'd rather do that than fast. I'd rather do that than pray. Well, you know we're tricking you. You know what worship is? It's prayers put to music. Like, man, I was singing this song. I got all emotional. I just felt the Lord do something. And, you know, and, and the song was talking about asking them into my heart, and I didn't even know what I was doing. I got saved that day. We got you. Because all we did, we put music to a prayer that was effective, that caused your spirit and, and your heart to be penetrated, and you came into a relationship with the Lord. We're smart in what we do. We just don't fly by the seat of our pants all the time, right? But we have to see the value in what prayer and fasting offers to our lives and the benefits. I'll tell you what, right now, I'm saying, Lord, help me. As I go into a fasting week, at the end of it, I'm going to be so glad we did it. Now, on day one, day two, day three, oh, Lord, help me. Pray for your pastor this week, right? And I'll pray for you. It's going to be a challenge, but it's going to be worth it. We should always fast. We should practice it often. 
How often you might ask, you know, so I, I think in regards to this, you need to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. When he leads you to fast, you know, in Luke 4, it says Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be fasted, to, to, to be tested and tried, but he also fasted in that moment. So I, I think it's not always just a, you know, oh, well, when are we going to do it? When are we not going to do it? Be Spirit-led. If you feel like you need to fast, there's never a bad time to fast. You realize that? It's never a bad time. But that Matthew 6, 16, it says, when you fast. So just make sure it's a habit. Make sure it's something you practice. It's something you do. Fasting fact number four, if you are, if you are praying and seeking God during your, uh, if you are not praying and seeking God during your fast, this is one of my favorite things, you're just starving. I think you can quote me on that. I don't know if I've ever heard that anywhere else. It's a, that's a funny, because think about it. If I'm not praying, I'm just starving. And I'm going to say, what are you doing, you big idiot? I thought we were fasting. <laughs> you're just starving. What fun is that? There's no benefit. This is not just for health reasons or a diet. This is a spirit. We're spiritually focused in what we're doing, right? Some of y'all are gonna think that this week when you're like, "Man, I'm so hungry, I'm so hungry, I'm so hungry," and you hadn't prayed at all. Just hear my voice saying, "If you're not praying, you're just starving." All right, you're gonna get a chance. Everybody's laughing right now. You're gonna be crying midweek. <laughs> I'm just starving. And let me pray, all right? So every time, you know, you have a hunger pain, press into the Lord, you know. And one thing I do, I just say, Lord, help me. Lord, I need you. I'm desperate for you. Without you, I can't make it. Just like food sustains the, 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 the flesh, we, we, need, we need God to sustain the spirit, right? So just really pressing in. So make sure you pray when you fast. Fasting fact number five. Scripture supports some type of abstaining from food or drink, okay? You're never going to find, and he fasted from Facebook, and he fasted from social media, and he fasted from text messages, like all these things that just distract, right? You're never going to see that. So in Scripture, you know, some fasted a few days, some 21 days, some 40 days. And 40 days, that's for the big, that's for the big leagues, right? That's tough. You know, it says Jesus fasted. And then he became hungry. That's how we get to know that he fasted. Like it was tough. Right? So also, you know, during this time, you should remove life distractions during this time. Food gets your flesh's attention because you literally need it to survive. All of these other things you don't. And I'm going to leave that alone. I'm not going to say that anymore because I'm sure you've heard it. You don't need social media. You don't need TV. And you don't need internet to survive. Pastor, no, I don't know what to do without internet. Unplug your router this week and see how your life goes. I can't watch Netflix. I can't stream music. I can't. I'm going to die. Think about it. I mean, you know, my kids without Wi-Fi, they'd be like, Dad, why don't this work? Everything runs on Wi-Fi, kids. Everything. Well, I can't watch this video. Wi-Fi. We're like, I hate this fasting, Dad. Like, you know, so we're going we're gonna to definitely make some adjustments in my household this week, too. So there's a question that I continually ask myself regarding our church. Are we a church that prays? You know, I always like to ask questions that kind of cause me to evaluate, cause me to look at the overall picture of what our church is and what it's accomplishing, what its goals are. But are we a church that prays? I read a book a few years ago. It's called Autopsy of a Dying Church. And, there, and it goes through and it breaks down all of the aspects of churches that close their doors. And they said, well, this happened, or this wasn't happening, or this is what was going on. Well, in this book, 
It says, a church that rarely prays together seldom lasts. It just doesn't happen. If you're not a praying church, you will die. You know, so that really, really got my attention, you know, because I know there's a lot of strategy books, how to build a church, what to do, how to get people excited. But I was concerned about the spiritual things because I said, you know, what, Lord, I'm not so much so much concerned about the numbers as I am about the impact. I want our church to be very, very impactful. I want everybody that comes through the doors of this church to experience the power of God. I'm really concerned about impact. Not concerned about numbers, but we know that certain things in order to have that impact are going to have to be in place. So churches that didn't pray, they died. You know, so I'm not just talking about, you know, starting and opening worship, praying before, praying after. I'm talking about a church that builds a culture that supports prayer, you know, that prayer is seen as a pillar in the house. It's not something we just do or, hey, we got some stuff going on, some personal needs, let's pray. But our church has a pillar of prayer that supports the whole system, that we are a people that prays. You know, so we as a church, you know, we refocused, we really paid attention to what we were doing. You know, so for the last two years, we have had pre-service prayer. How many of you know we have pre-service prayer? Okay, how many of you don't know we have pre-service prayer? Oh, three of y'all? All of y'all are in trouble then. Okay, one more time. How many of you don't know we have pre-service prayer? Kind of lift your hand up. I'm not busting you up. Just, just a handful of you, right? So you know that we've been having pre-service prayer for the last two years. Should I go down this road or you want me to go a different way? <laughs> now, there has been some of us that have faithfully prayed every Sunday. But I believe God is calling a, a shift in that to really be people of prayer. You know, I believe prayer is what makes these mornings successful. What if we wouldn't have prayed and we wouldn't have experienced the presence of God like we did this morning? Let's just say hypothetically that that was the key that unlocked the kingdom. Well, I'm going to pray every Sunday, right? And I don't want you to feel obligated to do it, but I want you to be led by the Spirit of God. Because I know in this house, God has raised and has built prayer warriors. I am not one, but I'm praying to become one. Just in my DNA, I'm not one, you know, but one thing we laughed about, I said, prayer warriors, they're always concerned about prayer. If you say, hey, what should we change in the church? You know what they're going to say? Oh, we need to pray more. If you, have a, if you have somebody who is a worship guy, what are they going to say? Oh, we need to worship more. What if you have a teacher in the house? Oh, we need more teaching. Right? You know, you're going to be bent towards what you are built, but we need every prayer warrior in the house to war in the heavenlies on behalf of the church. Okay, so pre-service prayer starts before the service. It starts at 930 and we end at 10. So you say, well, I don't really have a reason to get to church early. There's nothing going on. Oh, there's stuff going on. 930 to 10, we have pre-service prayer. At 10 o'clock, we have coffee and breakfast of some kind. It's one of the best, sweetest fellowship times you'll have on a Sunday. So we have strived to make something, to to remove the excuse. Why? I'm not going to show up early because there's nothing to do. There's something to do. We got prayer and we got fellowship time. So if, you, if you've never been a part of it, or if you don't know about it, I want to make sure you know about it, but I don't want you to feel obligated to have to do it, but I want you to be led by the Spirit of God if you should do it. Because I need prayer warriors warm in prayer. I need worship warriors to be on the platform worshiping, going to war. I need the preachers and the teachers to preach and teach. I need those, just like this morning, that had words of exhortation and encouragement this morning to come and bring what God has given you. 
We've got to have that to survive and to thrive in this day and age. And that's the kind of church God wants to build. Some of the questions I also ask myself is, how can we get more people to pray? Because I try to be strategic with it, right? And I thought about it. I said, you know, I can encourage prayer during these fasting weeks, but if we build a culture of prayer, it will happen automatically. Where it's not forced. It's just something that we just do. It's a part of our DNA. How much do we pray in our homes? You know, this is a challenge to all the fathers in this room. As a spiritual leaders in your home, to lead your families by praying together. It's a challenge for me also, okay? So if we can get the fathers on board, we will win the battle. So fathers, do you realize that you have a mandate from God to set the spiritual pace of your home? You guys hear me? If you say, what did you just say? It's on the board. Read it. Take a picture of it. All the wives are going to be like, let me take a picture. So I dare you, fathers, to lead your family and see what begins to happen. I challenge you this morning to set that pace, to set that tone. So do we only pray for meals or do we pray before we go to sleep? I desire to have a family that prays, also desire to have a church that prays. A church that doesn't pray dies. I remind myself of this phrase often. Zechariah 4, 6, it says, Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. If we want to fight in the spirit, we must battle in prayer. That's the only way to do it. Spent some time in Brazil, and in Brazil, they pray and they fast for everything spiritual. I thought I knew how to fast. They literally trying to kill you. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're going to fast today, then the women will fast tomorrow. And that was great because it's like fasting today, and then tomorrow Becky was suffering. I was like, I didn't really want to laugh because I knew the next day it was coming back to me. But they, they do different ways, but they, they live a lifestyle of fasting. They fast and pray for everything spiritual. If they know they have something coming up, they pray for it. Well, if we're living life right, we're always going to have things coming up. I know Becky encouraged you guys to uh, invite friends to this next service. Well, besides just testimonies, I'm believing for lost souls to be saved. Now, I'm fasting all week. So it just ha so happens that this is going to be kind of a twofer, right? I'm going to be praying for the church. I'm going to be praying for the nation. But I'm also going to be praying for those that come to this service, that they are impacted by the power of God and come to knowledge and revelation of who God is. Oh, there's always a strategy. There's always a re there, there's something to it. It's always bigger, right? This isn't always just for you. And I think that's where we have to change our perspective a little bit. God always has other people in mind. He loves all of us. He loves, all, he loves the people that aren't here this morning. He loves your coworker that you hate almost, right? You're like, Lord, not this one. Oh, yeah, that one. You know what I'm talking about. You know, or the kid that you're like, man, I wish that parent would discipline that kid. Loves that kid too. But if we can get them around us, maybe we can love on them and encourage them and Allow the Holy Spirit to work in their life. But in Brazil, they always pray. But you know what happened? After they prayed and the event started, it was on. They expected God to do great things. There was no limitation. They said, you know what? There's no limit to what God can do now because it's already been prayed over. That's what pre-service prayer is for me for this service. I say, Lord, whatever I'm going to mess up, 
Whatever I'm going to try to grab a hold of, Lord, loose my hands of it, allow you to be in control of all of it. It's not about me. It's about you. How can we facilitate, Lord, what you want to do? How can we encourage people to really, truly worship you in spirit and in truth? Now, we pray for your ears and, your, and, and the, the, the understanding of your heart to be you know, softened hearts and open minds, open ears, that you'd understand what God is speaking to you personally. We pray often that you would receive everything that you're looking for this morning. Y'all pray for that, Pastor Noah? Yeah. Come and check us out at 930. You'll see what we pray about. It's always a sweet time. Even on the mornings, I don't feel like going. Pastor Noah, you don't like going to those all the time? Not always. I'm glad I got other people that like to pray. Sit there and drink my coffee and give a little amen every now and then. Just being real. It's hard work. But if God has called you to be a prayer warrior, please be a prayer warrior in the house. We need you. Amen. So a church that prays together releases the power of God within their assembly and and His power and might will produce change within the church that will impact the world. The church is God's plan. That's what He wants to use. So we need the power of God working in the world more than ever. So prayer is one of the most powerful tools that God has given the church to get things done. You realize that? There's physical work, like you're looking at chairs, lighting, floors. Like There's physical work, but there's also spiritual work. How many of you know the physical work? If you guys were a part of any of this, it was work. We just did, couldn't all just sit around sipping coffee and say, well, it sure would be nice if this happened. No, it, took, it required something of us, just like prayer in the spiritual. It's going to require something of you. What did the disciples do when Jesus asked them to pray? Fell asleep. Did they just do it once? Did it twice? Came back just, I just woke you up. What are you doing? Well, Lord, I'm spirit strong, but the flesh is weak. Whatever, you know, you know, whatever, you know, I just think it's something, you know, that even the disciples, the ones that were right there with Jesus, didn't always have it all together. But what does scripture say? If we pray and humble ourselves, it's a conditional thing. If we do it, you will reap the benefits of it. If you don't do it, you won't reap the benefits of it. But I encourage you to be a, be a people of prayer this morning. When we begin to pray, things begin to change. I'm going to read this passage from Joel 2, 12 through 17. It's a little lengthy, but this is the framework for what I really believe God is wanting to do this week uh, in amongst fasting. Uh, Joel 2, 12 through, through 17 in the NIV, verse 12, it says, Even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Verse 13, rend your heart and not your garment. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. And, and he relents from sending calamity. Who knows, he may turn and relent and leave behind a blessing, grain offerings and drink offerings for the Lord your God. Verse 15, blow the trumpet in Zion, declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the people, consecrate the assembly, bring together the elders, gather the children, those nursing at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. Let the priest who minister before the Lord weep between... uh, porch and altar. Let them say, spare the people, Lord. Do not make your inheritance an object of scorn, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the people, where is their God? So my prayer when I was hearing this, I said, God, prove yourself strong today. When I typed that this week, and and I, I exactly typed it, God, prove yourself strong today. I did not know the service was going to turn into what it did today. 
But I believe God answered that prayer. He proved himself strong. So when we look at that passage, I want to charge and encourage each of you that this week during prayer and fasting, turn back to the Lord. You know, it was not him that moved away. Do you realize that? You know, it was us that turned and shrunk away from God. God is right there. If that relationship isn't intact or as close as it needs to be, you're probably the problem. It's not God. Okay? Give him your hearts. That pastor says he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, full of love. Kind of prayer, paraphrasing this so you can kind of really hear what it's saying. Um, you, know, you know, and he will stop sending tragedy. I'd replace that word because it's like, man, you know, he's causing all these things. He's bad. Yeah, I like when you turn and you reject him. You can be on the blessing side or you can be on the curse side. I'd rather be on the blessing side. You know, a lot of people think, well, how could God curse me? How could God remove blessing from me? Walk in disobedience and see how that goes. That's how we get on that, that wrong side of God, you know, and a lot of us get mad or maybe we don't have a good understanding of who God is and we blame God for a lot of things that we did to ourselves. Well, why did God cause this to happen? Well, let's look at this. You did this or you didn't do this and you should have done this. What was God's part in that? Well, he should have forced me. Oh, so now you want a God that forces you to do everything rather than have a choice to have a relationship with him. So you see all these variables, all these things begin to change. I can, I can guarantee you, we're all, we, all, we mess it up. God doesn't mess it up, okay? So it, it's, it's us that moved away. So give them your heart. It says, blow the trumpet, declare a holy fast. You know, that's what we're doing this week. I'm declaring a holy fast. Call a sacred gathering. I'm calling a sacred gathering every evening at 7 o'clock. Gather the people. Set apart the assembly. So that means pray over them. So before you leave, I am going to pray over you that this, this week would be phenomenal in your life. So I'm as close to God as I've ever been, but I'm believing for more for your life. That we never get satisfied or complacent. It says, bring the elders together. So elders, come on, right? It says, bring the children. Children, come on. Some of your parents are like, man, my kids drive me nuts. It doesn't matter. He says, God, he says, God says bring the children too. We're going to train our children to grow in righteousness and holiness and understand what it means to battle in the spirit, spiritual. If they're not here, they can't catch that. They can't, they can't understand that. Okay? Bring the children. Call the bridegroom and the bride from their chamber. So if you're getting married this week, I don't think any of you are. Cancel it. So that's what he's saying. It's like, man, it was that, well, I'm getting married. It doesn't matter. Tell them to come on. Stand by. Pause. Pause the wedding. Tell them to come. Hold on, Jesus. I had my plans, right? You know, so this was a big deal. You think it's like, you're going to cancel a wedding over a fasting week? Glad nobody's getting married this week. You know, I mean, that's what Scripture says. Tell the bridegroom and the bride to come on. Well, we already reserved. I'm telling you what Scripture says. Pretty serious, right? Let the priests, you know, so the preachers, the teachers, the pastors in the house, those who minister before the Lord, weep and intercede. So th this is what we're going to do this week, guys. We're going to believe God to move mightily in our homes, in our church, in our nation. We're going to pray for an awakening in our nation and repentance to come over the lost. I believe even among the results of this election that God is still going to receive glory. If it's undone, I'm hearing all these things. Well, it ain't over. They're going to recount. I, I don't know what's going to happen. 
Somebody say, oh, I got it figured out. You know, but man, I'm saying, God, you know the beginning from the end. You've seen the whole picture. You do what you need to do. Now, there was something, man, I was listening to uh, that really kind of caught me uh, off guard a little bit because I think we're so comfortable sometimes just saying, well, God will use anybody. It doesn't matter who's in charge, who's leading. Uh, God can use anyone. Now, I'm even guilty of that to some degree. But how many of you know if I wasn't pastoring here and you had a heathen pastor that didn't care and didn't care about the things of God and he was in my position, would it change the dynamic of this church? Well, a lot of you are like, I'd be gone. Be here. Right? So it really does matter who is in what position to some degree. It can either benefit us greatly or it can destroy us greatly. Now, I believe that we are those who even have hope amongst the chaos. That, that, that's, why, that's why it's good to be not of the kingdom of this world, but the kingdom of heaven as your inheritance. And that's the hope we have. Now, as you get frustrated or, you know, if you see yourself getting mad, pray. You don't like the results? Hey, pray. Don't just put a post out there on Facebook and feel better now. I got my justice right out of here. I got my, pray, come on. If we begin to, 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 to move our focus and we begin to pray and we begin to fast, I believe we'll see great things. I'm going to close. Uh, I really believe that praying over the awakening of our nation and repentance to come over the lost. I'm praying for a great increase in the kingdom. But how many of you know that in order to expand the kingdom, God needs our participation? You can't just sit passively and be like, all right, Pastor Noe, do your thing. It ain't just up to me. I almost wish I was more in proximity to a lot of unbelievers. But my ultimate goal is to encourage, to challenge each of you that as you go from this place, as you are in a place of influence and impact, that you would impact the world and be the hands and feet of Christ. I pour into you so that you can pour into the world. I think as a pastor, as a preacher, however you want to look at it, that is one of my main priorities. Now, if I come across somebody that needs to know the Lord, absolutely. But man, my, most of my focus and most of my time is around... God willing believers that are followers of Christ. Every now and then I get to have a conversation with somebody that ain't really looking like a Christian. Say, hey, what's really going on? Well, hard times, Pastor. You just don't understand. Well, I probably don't, but God does. He knows right where we're at. He knows specifically what we need. And listen, guys, he has it under control. You guys stand up with me. You understand God? You do believe that God has it under control? And that at the end of it, we win. I think we got, we got to really remind ourselves of, oh, it's over. It's not over. As long as I got breath in my lungs. As long as I got a prayer to pray. And especially when I have a week to fast. The potential's there to see great things happen in the earth. I want to challenge each of you to make it a priority this week to seek the Lord with us. Your prayer doesn't have to be long. It just needs to be intentional. So Pastor Noe, I only, man, I only lasted two or three minutes once a day. See if you can get five minutes this, this time. We are in the process of growing, of becoming what God has called us to be. Set achievable goals. 
don't sit out of the park. Oh, I've never done this. I'm going to shoot so high. And then day two, Pastor Noah, I'm just so discouraged. I couldn't do it. Don't beat yourself up about it. God wants your heart. He wants your obedience. But ultimately, guys, he needs our participation. So I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to consecrate this week. I'm going to say, Lord, have your way in our lives. And I believe God is going to work mightily in every single one of your lives. And we'll see what he's going to do. Amen. Father, I thank you for each one here under the sound of my voice. God, today I bless them. Father, I just set them apart as yours. Holy Spirit, you know each one intimately. And Holy Spirit, I say, have your way in their lives, in their homes, in their workplace. Father, I ask that this week as we seek you through fasting, God, that we would have ears to hear and a sensitive spirit to know what you're speaking. Father, I pray that as we corporately fast, that we can believe you for great things among us. So, Father, we say, come and have your way. Do what only you can do. We trust you. And, Father, I just thank you for the privilege and honor of serving you. Lord, that every day with you is, gets sweeter and sweeter. Father, I pray that we would be so mindful of those around us that need you. That we would never be in such a big hurry that we would miss those divine appointments that you've placed in our lives. Father, help us to be all that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can you go to that last slide real quick? got your phone or whatever, take a picture of this last thing. So keys to a successful prayer life. I know some of you like acronyms and all of those things, but first and foremost, pour out your heart. P, R, realize God hears. A, always believe, have faith. Y, yield to what God says to you. E, expect to meet with God. And R, release control of the situation. I believe if you incorporate that into your prayer this week, we're going to come back, and Testimony Sunday, we're going to have some testimonies of the goodness of God in our life. Amen? We love you guys. Be blessed. Invite somebody next week, and we'll just continue to live this great life of serving the Lord. Amen? Y'all be blessed. Thank you for joining us for the Harvest Time Church podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like more information about our family, please write us at 42 FM 2540 South, Bay City, Texas 77414. Or check us out on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.